Welcome to Grow With Soul, a simple marketing podcast by me, Kate Ferris, a creative business and marketing coach living in the mountains in North Wales. Grow With Soul is for creatives who either have their own business or who dream of having their own business and who want to grow slowly, sustainably and soulfully in their work and in their life. So welcome. I'm so glad you're here. Hello and welcome to episode 44 of Grow With Soul. Today I have a coaching episode for you with Sarah Fraser of Novel and Kind. A high school English teacher by trade, Sarah started blogging a year ago to reconnect her creativity and in so doing found that other people were making money online and that maybe that was something that she could do too. However, she hadn't got much further than that. So today we're talking through matching your skill set to an offering, getting over the need for more qualifications, pet peeve of mine, and how to stop planning and start doing. So let's dive in. Hi, Sarah. Hi, Kate. How are you? I'm good, thanks. How are you? I'm good. So you are right over on the west coast of Canada. And <laughs> I am all the way in Vancouver. About as far away as it's possible to get. <laughs> <laughs> Almost, yeah. So the beauty of the internet there. I know, it's great. <laughs> so we've spoken a little bit like over email and stuff about your journey and how you're, you've got a really strong why, but the what is perhaps the struggle. So perhaps what would be good if you start us off with kind of filling me in on what's happened to get you to this point so far. So kind of a bit of your career history, how you've gone about finding that why and and where you're at now. Sure. Okay. So I am a writer and a blogger. My blog is Novel and Kind and I've had that for just under a year. I've been exploring, going online and putting myself out there for over a year though. I write a lot about sharing my journey and reconnecting with my creativity because offline I'm actually a high school teacher. And so I was always really creative growing up. I always loved to write. I was a huge bookworm. And then when I actually chose my career path, it was because I had this idea that if I were a teacher, I could teach my passion. So I'm an English teacher. And in my spare time, because I got summers off and because teachers supposedly have these great hours, you know, (laughs) um, I could be a writer. So I went to university and I became a teacher and I became completely consumed with the profession. Like I absolutely love my day job. But as much as that is true, having time for creativity outside of planning lessons and field trips and things like that is completely absurd. I never gave myself any time for creativity and I've been teaching for over 10 years now. So I also work in a special program. So I work with youth at risk. And so on top of the teaching, there are a lot of social and emotional things that we work with as well. And it just really consumed me for a long time. And I also have always had two jobs. (laughs) So in the early years of teaching, I worked at a hotel almost full time sometimes on the side. I tutored, I taught adults, I even painted houses one summer. (laughs) So everything was really compartmentalized. Like I had my teaching during the day and I had my side job. And then in a few minutes here and there, I would write or try to do something creative. And then it was over a year ago, I came across the world of online creatives and I saw people who were actually using their creativity and the things that they were passionate about to make money. And I had never thought of that before for some reason. It was kind of like a light bulb moment for me. So the idea occurred to me that maybe I could do the same. And I started blogging with the idea that maybe one day I could turn 
whatever it was that I was putting out into the world into some sort of a business. And I didn't know at all what that would look like at first. Um, I knew I didn't want to be like an influencer, Mm -hmm. but I did start a blog. And then once I started my blog and I got on Instagram, I realized there are so many people like me who struggle with their creative confidence. So maybe they are a mom full time and they don't have time for themselves and for their creativity, or maybe they're like me and they're working in a job that, takes a lot of their energy so they just haven't flexed those muscles for a long time and it started to become more and more clear to me what my message would be it's just that I want to help bring more creativity into the world and I also found myself that the more that I wrote and the more that I put myself out there and I've actually started doing a lot more writing offline than I am online um, it actually is healing for yourself as well so it goes both ways the world needs our creativity but we also need it to heal ourselves and bring that into the world So I've been ruminating on that (laughs) Um, and have been coming up with ideas here and there about what that could look like if I were to turn it into a business somehow. Mm -hmm. And that's about as far as you got. (laughs) Yeah, that's as well. I mean, I have ideas. I definitely there are things like I know playing to my strengths. I know that when I say creativity, what I really mean is the written word, something to do with writing. That's where I've always been drawn to. And I dabbled with watercolors and illustrations. And I even taught myself how to play the ukulele, (laughs) things like that. But what I always come back to is writing. So I've narrowed it down a little bit. But I think it's also just a matter of my own confidence to put those ideas into words and then share them in the world. Mm. And so the kind of purpose of the business which I think is important is that it's not to completely leave the day job and all that sort of thing it's to balance alongside it and and it sounds like replace the kind of little side jobs you were having with exactly with a business so you're kind of killing two birds with one stone by having a side job and also it's your own creative practice at the same time exactly mm-hmm. sure makes sense in theory in right theory, right yeah <laughs> So you said that you've been kind of thinking about your strengths and you've had a few ideas. So have any of the ideas got to a kind of almost tangible phase where you think, oh, I could help people to do X or I could sell Y or is it not quite there yet? What kind of ideas have you had? Okay, so at first, I think around the time that I contacted you, I so I've also learned about myself that I am incredibly impressionable. So (laughs) if I'm listening to podcasts and reading blogs and, you know, going and watching videos and all that kind of stuff, I tend to take on these ideas. And so for a while I was noticing that other people who had similar messages to me about creativity and um, things like that were going down the path of becoming a creative mentor or a creative coach. Mm -hmm. And I thought, Oh, well, we both have very similar ideas about that. Maybe that's something that I could do. And I then took a step back and realized that's not something that I want to do, at least not right now, not in that way. So teaching drains me in a really specific way. And I want whatever I'm doing on the side to draw from a different pool of energy, mm. if that makes sense. Yeah. So the like the face-to-face or the, the conversations and the time spent working with someone in that way, I'll leave that to my day job. Mm-hmm. And then what I do on the side, I think I'm exploring in a slightly different way. So I've heard, you know, go with the thing that you're the most nerdy about, the thing that you could just talk about forever that other people, they don't get it. They think it's so boring. And I came across a world of people who are editing. So 
copywriting, I don't think is for me either, just because I've done a little bit of it freelance on the side in the past and writing 300 word articles about the paleo diet was just not, <laughs> wasn't, wasn't very fulfilling. Not filling you up. <laughs> exactly. But there's a world of people who I didn't even know existed. I was just, I was exploring the internet one day and I came across someone who was looking for an editor for their manuscript, for their book. And I thought, oh, I didn't realize that was a thing. Like I knew freelance writing was a thing, but I didn't know that freelance editing was a thing. And that's something that I did in university a little bit on the side. And it's something that I do as a huge portion of my job as a teacher. And so I started looking into that and I would love to come to a place where I was confident enough to say that I could be an editor. And I've talked to people in the profession and I have a really good feeling about it, but it always comes back to my own confidence to be able to say like, yeah, I could do that because I come back to, oh, but I don't have qualifications. Yeah. And there's so many things where like editing isn't a thing where there is one specific qualification, but the moment that I say to myself, oh yeah, I could do that. There's another voice in my head that says, well, what courses should you take and yeah. what else you don't have the know-how yet? How would you do that? So I kind of waffle in that way. Mm. Okay, so the editing thing is that it, it is kind of taking some of those transferable skills from the teaching in a lot of ways, but you don't feel like that's drawing from the same pool. Like that's that's not going to be an extra drain. It's a it's a fill up on top of it. Yeah, exactly. It is similar. Like what I what I find, I'm an introvert, so I am a very classic INFJ personality type, and so I can draw on my extroverted side, and I do that in my teaching with the face-to-face -face conversations and with the kids that we work with. There's a lot of mentoring that goes along with that and talking to the kids about things outside of their school lives as well, mm -hmm. and so that, I love doing it, but at the end of the day, I couldn't do that again. But when it comes to the things that I can do by myself in my teaching job, the writing and the feedback and the editing and the language and the words and the side of it that's focused on that, I have a pool to draw from. And I think that's where editing would take my energy rather than that sort of face-to-face -face mentorship side, mm -hmm. if that makes sense. Yeah, that makes total sense. So going back to the qualifications and like this is such a, a common story and I'm sure you've heard all the things about you know a woman will see a job advert and if she doesn't have 20% of the things she won't go for it it's like this patriarchal thing that we we need more we need more and it just keeps us constantly holding ourselves back but you know the knowledge doesn't make that easier but what I think is doubly interesting here is that as you've said it's not like there is editor school <laughs> that you can go to and get the qualification so it's really interesting what's kind of good about it is that it's not like there's one thing in your face and that actually it's something that you can start to pull apart rather than oh I need to get that coaching qualification because that's the one and so the way that I like to think about this dilemma is to actually in the nicest possible way stop making it about yourself so much and focus on who you want to help and what they need and where they are at the moment and actually then if you start to build that back up to where you are you'll see everything that you already have that can help that person and the fact that they're not going to care necessarily all that anybody cares about is what somebody can do for them right and so actually for you to be able to really hunker down and go, okay, so if I'm going to help somebody edit their book, what kind of book is it? 
why did they want to write a book? Why is the creativity important to them? What's holding them back? And how are my skills and my outlook best place? What kind of person am I best placed to help? Does that make sense? Yes, absolutely. So if you start to make it much more about that other person, you can kind of fade away the things that you perceive you don't have and see much more what you do. Right. And so I've, I've thought about that a little bit. And I think that the types of writers that I would be helping, like there's two types of editing that I'd be happy to do. And one would be for books, for manuscripts. And that would mostly be for probably first time authors who were either considering self-publishing or who just wanted to get a set of eyes on their manuscript before they started querying with their mm-hmm. work. Um, or I have a lot of friends who have small businesses. I have a friend who's a florist, a friend who's a calligrapher, and they want to focus on their craft, which is their calligraphy and, or their floristry. And they want to write their own websites because they want it to have their voice and their style, but they might not be as confident in their, their maybe their grammar and their um, their structure. So that's where I could help with a small business. Mm-hmm. So those are two two different people that I would feel like I could help that group. Mm-hmm. Right. I like the idea of taking myself out of it. <laughs> yeah. And, and and that makes a lot of sense with the two that you've described, because then actually, if we start to think about it, this isn't a really ambitious novelist who wants it to go to somebody who's worked in publishing houses to get a guarantee that it's going to be published and it's going to make be the next bestseller. Like you're not the person to help them. There are other people who can. So that's that's all fine. But actually where your zone of genius is, where you can really help people is where they are first timers. They just wanted to get their story out there. They're not really interested in that whole world where they're going to be rejected or, or whatever. They just want to feel confident that they can put their story out and not feel stupid and not right, have exactly. people come back and say, oh, that's wrong. Oh, that's wrong. And that seems to fit absolutely perfectly with what you do with being a teacher. Yes, you're not going to say, oh, this is how you can win the Pulitzer Prize, but (laughs) you can very gently nurture somebody and point them in the right directions, which is exactly what somebody like that would need. Yes, okay. It's nice to hear someone else say that. These are the (laughs) thoughts that I have to myself. And then I think, oh, but who are you to be an editor? Why wouldn't they choose someone with 25 years experience? But that side of being nurturing, I... I could really see how that would be something that I would bring to the table and giving instructive but empathetic feedback Mm. and taking care of someone's story. Like they say that, you know, a writer's novel is like their child. So Mm. having worked with other people's children for a long time, (laughs) that's something that I would be able to do. Mm. Well, and and you saying, why wouldn't they want to work with somebody with 25 years experience? I can sit here and be like, well, because that's terrifying. They, um, That's not really the world they want to be going into. They're thinking, well, I can't work with somebody like that. That's not right for me. So that's something to start to do in your own head is like, oh, why wouldn't they want to do that? Well, give, give yourself the reasons why not. This is what we've got to do when we come up with that that's not for me. Why wouldn't they want to do that? Why would anyone work with me? We've got to actually talk ourselves back down and be like, okay, well, yeah, why not me? And that takes a bit of practice, but to catch it is the first thing. So when you start thinking it to actually go, hold on, that's not helpful and catch yourself when you're in that to stop the spiral and then start just one reason at a time why that might not be true. Yeah. 
I do try to do that. <laughs> Doesn't always work, but absolutely. So is there anybody that you, like you said, your friend and, and that kind of thing, is there anybody that you've spoken to about this? Yeah, um, I have. I have. So Instagram, luckily, is filled with other people who are creative and writers. And I've talked to a couple of my friends who are writing novels and asked them, you know, what is the process? I myself would love to write a novel one day, but I've talked to friends who have actually written novels or are working on novels that are nearing completion and asked them what the process would be and found out about a couple of women entrepreneurs with editing businesses. And I've spoken to them. One is Jacqueline DeVore and one is Kate Juniper. And they are both in North America, but they started as freelancers themselves and grew their businesses. And the community of editors is just incredibly open and generous with their know-how and their guidance. And so I've talked to them about that and have even been talking to Jacqueline about helping out with her business and just learning from her team for a little while, while I kind of get my feet and figure out if this is the right direction for me. That sounds good. So it's not a a complete kind of hiding behind everything. And I am, imagine that the book side of it feels way more scary than the people's website side of it. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> um, a book is, you know, sometimes hundreds of thousands of words, and it's a big project that someone else has put their time and their soul into, whereas website copy is something that I'm much more familiar with. Mm. Um, there's also different levels of editing as well. So there's the copy edit, which is a bit more surface level than, say, a developmental edit on a novel. And so I'm just, I'm learning from the conversations that I'm having with other editors right now. And and then it comes back to, well, what qualification can I get in this? And there are some that are, you know, there are courses and webinars and seminars and things like that, that are a lot more, I'm not going back to university to get a master's in, you know, publishing or something like that. So looking into that. Mm. Well, I wonder whether, whether there might be, you might be slightly overcomplicating it a little bit because, mm. and I think that, particularly with the book side of stuff if you can get a bit of work experience or and things like that to boost your confidence that you feel like you can say to people you can trust me with your project like right that's a part of it you know I don't I don't think we need to perpetually be in training but sometimes buying a course or having a bit of work experience it's more for what we think about ourselves and what we can actually do. And quite often they show us how much we actually already know. But I do wonder whether at the same time you can start to do some of the website stuff for people to know that you can do it and to start practicing it and doing the thing. Because the trouble with we'll never be ready to do the thing. And the more that we prepare, the more that we research, the more that we look at this, the more that we look at that. It's just like, it's procrastination that makes us feel like we're doing something when really we're not moving any further forward. So I wonder perhaps if you could start talking to like your friend and even just say, I'd love to do it just to see if I can um, and things like that. And just start doing it, I think is really the key thing because you can do all the courses and stuff you like you can spend the next year doing courses and then you finally feel like you're ready you get in you do your first first job and then you're like oh this actually isn't quite what I thought it was going to be <laughs> right so it's that whole getting out of the pre-planning stage where I'm reading things on the internet and making notes in my notebook and actually 
doing something. Yeah. Do some of the work. Yeah. <laughs> and there's and like I said, you'll probably that'll do so much more wonders for your confidence because you'll go through it all, you'll realise how much you know, you'll feel yourself doing a good job. It'll come so much more naturally than you actually think it will. And then at the end of it, it's not just that you've done like a little pretend project for a course. You've actually done it for a real life person who's really happy with it. We'll give you a testimonial and then you're kind of halfway on your way. Right. Yep. Okay. All of that sounds really good. Yeah. Does it, so it sounds good rather than scary. (laughs) Yeah, it does actually. There's always a little bit of fear for me to put myself out there. Um, I wonder what your thoughts are because I started my Instagram novel in kind and I started my blog with the intention of one day turning my work, my strengths, whatever I found there into a business. And now at this stage, it kind of has its own, it has its own life, right? Like I have friends and I have a community on there that I really like. And I wonder if I should work to pivot that into a business page at some point when I'm ready, or if I should start something new and make that more focused towards the business. So there are very few instances where I would say start a new Instagram account because the work to get it from zero (laughs) to anywhere is is really hard, but also really soul destroying. And it's not like you're saying, oh, I'm going to go and sell cars, which is something that's like the opposite where they wouldn't really work together. And I think that kind of what you've started building is really, really linked to what you want to start doing. It's not, it's not like people following you will be like, well, (laughs) where the hell has this come from? You know, it feels like a natural progression. Yeah, it does to me. I think I worry that people who maybe just follow me for, you know, my interesting or who knows if they're interesting, but, you know, for nice pictures of flowers and notebooks and things like that might suddenly think, well, who's this lady? Who does she think she is? (laughs) You know, suddenly trying to talk about editing services or something like that. And I don't want it to be too disjointed for the people that are already following me. I mean, they can always unfollow. (laughs) Yeah, I think it's... You're kind of saying that the editing services preclude you being able to post pictures of flowers and stuff, whereas you as a human being are still the same person. And those people who are into writing and creativity and, you know, maybe they're going, well, I'd like to write a novel someday or they've got a, they've started tapping away. You're all the same human beings just because now you want to help them doesn't mean that there has to be this massive sea change in what you're posting. And that's why they like you. So you can carry on doing the things that they like you for, but just mixing it in with some other different things. So you can post a picture of the flowers and then you can talk about your best tip for editing or what, you know, whatever. So it's not that you have to completely change it. It has to be in inverted commas, business, because that's not what's going to make you stand out. What makes you stand out is what you're already doing. Okay. I'm writing, I'm taking notes, speaking, <laughs> and I wrote down human beings. <laughs> <laughs> well, and it, it sounds silly, but we do forget that. We absolutely forget like, oh God, yes, this is an actual real person I'm talking to. And maybe they don't care if it's completely professional or it's a graphic or it's the right colors they just want to connect with something yeah that's very true especially when I think about the people who I follow um, who I really love their accounts and I 
not always even ever planning to buy from them. Uh, sometimes they're just an interesting person or I like their photography style, but they might be like a photojournalist somewhere else in the world and I'm never going to hire them, but I don't hate their account. I love it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. Yeah, and you're whenever you're, you're following someone and they talk about their thing, you're not like, wow, how dare you? <laughs> how dare you talk about this? And this is the thing, we get so into our own heads about it. And also because we are so intense about our own stuff in that we we know all our own ideas, we see all the things we put out, whereas nobody else has that level of connection to us where they have that same intensity. So people aren't going to notice or hugely care about you starting to drop in different things and either they're going to love it or they're not going to mind. <laughs> there's there's not the same, especially in the kind of circles you're moving in, you're not going to get people kind of cancelling you. <laughs> right. I mean, that's very true. And actually something I wanted to pick up while we're on the subject of Instagram is that in your bio, you have aspiring editor. Yes. <laughs> How well, how did that word choice come about? Where when did that go in? What's what's the story there? Um, you're not the first person to point that <laughs> out to me, actually. Um, I have an aunt who follows my Instagram and she made a point of calling me to say, What is this aspiring business? Um <laughs> so I was just still really happy that I was able to put writer in mm. my bio because I decided that I wanted to be a writer a long time ago and I started blogging about a year ago and then it wasn't until I spent a good few weeks of the summer or the spring writing and I actually like the the big check mark for me was I submitted a couple of pieces to literary magazines and then I said well you know what I've submitted so I can call myself a writer like nothing has been accepted or published but I submitted and so now I can put that in my bio and it still felt really cringy and so when I put, I sat with my phone editing my profile for quite a long time. <laughs> and when I wrote editor, it just felt, I thought, you know, like it, was, it went back to, I don't have the experience. I don't have the qualifications who I think I am calling myself an editor. So I put aspiring. I think I had like future editor or editor in training. And then I settled on aspiring editor. And so if I was to say to you, lose that word what what's the immediate visceral reaction um because my aunt already brought this up to me <laughs> I suppose I'm open to it but it's that same feeling as when I added writer like it might feel a little cringy like oh my goodness who do I think I am <laughs> but um I thought about it so I can do that yeah well how long when you put the writer in and it felt a bit cringy how long did that feeling last oh you know like just i just an hour. <laughs> I didn't really think about it. I try not to overthink everything too much. I am a classic overthinker, but I try not to overthink the smallest details. Mm. But I just remember that feeling like, oh, I should change this. And oh, I'm going to change it. And then just put my phone in a drawer for a while and not think about <laughs> it anymore. Yeah, I think it's more that I want it to be a kind of statement to yourself. And I think that it's it's bigger than the words because it's a you're telling yourself not yet for as long as it says aspiring you're not ready or you're not you can't do it yet whereas if you just lose that part of it then it's a kind of message to yourself that I, I can start now 
Do you see what I mean? Right. That, I absolutely do. Yeah. Yeah. And so, I, and I don't mean to be to go editor, da, 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 you know, full stop, but to <laughs> to um, and maybe even if you've got space in your bio to just put something like helping such and such to do such and such where you're kind of you're not saying this is my job title I am an editor but you're saying what you do in a way that feels a bit more comfortable yes does that make sense yeah absolutely I like that yeah so that's a that's a little workaround (laughs) my first homework (laughs) (laughs) until you feel a little bit easier because I do think it's that it's a it's something to hide behind oh I'm, I'm just aspiring so I can't possibly move this forward and then a year goes past. And I do really like the phase of anything when I'm researching, learning, making a plan for something. And so that it's very easy for me to get stuck in that. When I did, I mentioned I taught myself on YouTube how to play the ukulele, but I think I had just as much fun actually playing it as I did researching the perfect (laughs) first ukulele to buy (laughs) my husband makes fun of me like he bought a bike earlier this year and he just walked into a shop tried a bike and bought it and I said didn't you research this online first and he said no it's a bike (laughs) don't need to do that I mean maybe it's my greatest strength and also my greatest weakness you know yeah it's the thing that's going to make you a great editor is that kind of real attention to detail, make sure everything, all the bases are covered, you know, nothing's falling through the cracks. But also that actual example of your husband is sometimes you've just got to get on and ride and see how it feels. Oh, absolutely. Good metaphor. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And that the only way you can know is to do it. So I think that what I'd really like to challenge you to do actually is because I think in your head you're a lot further along than you believe because you know who you want to help, you've got some ideas of the sort of things that you can do and it's kind of like the only thing left to do is to do it and so what I think is always a really useful thing to do is to write a kind of sales page without even the intention of putting it anywhere but it's a really great way to clarify to yourself what you can offer and to whom because you know you're there trying to explain it to somebody else so you've got to fully understand it so I think to kind of make it real in your own head and even if you do it just for the kind of businesses side of it first of a here's what I can do this this is the problem you've got this is how I can help you this is the way that I work this is the things that I'll do here's a bullet point list of all the ways I can help you and then you've kind of got that as a well yeah this this all makes sense this is a real thing I can do and now I can I can do it for someone and you know if you've you've got that friend who you'd say would you mind me doing this for your website I'm not expecting anything from it but if you like what I do I'd love you to to give me a testimonial for it. And then you, you've literally done some editing so you could call yourself an editor. <laughs> <laughs> That's actually a very good point. I feel once I have, you know, in a more formal way, done more editing, like specifically said, okay, I'm going to do this as a business for you. I will have that sense of, oh, I can do this. Mm. Yeah, that's a great idea. That's a great challenge. I'm definitely open to doing that. And as a teacher, I do still have the rest of the month off my regular job so <laughs> I can actually take some time and do some doing yeah yeah and well and it's good that that doesn't seem to instill you with fear <laughs> <laughs> yeah I mean a little bit of fear but um a motivating amount of fear mm. not a crippling amount yeah. yeah 
Yeah, a produ- and I think a productive fear is always good. This is a really weird reference as far as watching the TV programme Top Gear with my oh my, <laughs> my boyfriend. And they said on there, it's like, nerves are only bad because people tell you they're bad. They make you feel alive. And I was like, mm. huh, okay. <laughs> that you, sometimes we've got to channel those because, and I've said before that it's actually showing you that something's important rather than that it's bad. Mm, absolutely. Yeah, I like that channeling it. I am like, I think I tend towards the more like anxious mm. personality type. And so I like that idea that, you know, nerves aren't a bad thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah and I think because uh, I, I can I can be very like that as well, where I'll, I just start to catastrophize <laughs> very quickly. And so draw, having those tools to draw yourself back and actually to be like, what is the physical sensation that's happening and, and why? And, oh, okay, so I've got this like horrible feeling in my chest and I'm all tensed up, so let me just relax everything. Why was I feeling like that? Oh, because I'm doing this thing and it's making me nervous because it's a big deal. Well, actually, why is it a big deal? Oh, because it means something to me. Can I? Do I feel like I actually can do it? Well, yeah, I've kind of done it before. This isn't like... This isn't brain surgery, you know? <laughs> Um, so having that little process to talk yourself down is useful, I find. Yeah. And that is something that, I mean, when it comes to this, it's probably the area that I have not applied. Like I haven't practiced what I preach the very most, but in almost other, every other area of my life, I try to practice mindful living. And so I'm even taking a program starting in September to become a mindfulness teacher. It's a mindfulness based teaching and learning program. And I was motivated by what I could bring to my day job, to my teaching, but it's also just incredibly healthy to practice that slowing down, stopping, noticing, and reflecting mm-hmm. before you let yourself get carried away. Um, and the mindfulness side of things is something else that I was thinking of incorporating into my business when I was thinking about creativity and mentoring and coaching and all of that kind of thing. But at this point, I'm happy to kind of keep it separate. Yeah, and, and it's always going to be there. It can always filter in and out. And it'll be something you can kind of bring to bear as a, in a kind of more pastoral support way when you're working with someone and they're like, oh, it's all so awful and I can't do it. And then you can kind of bring all that sort of that into it. But I think that's a, another good catch for yourself is that where you've developed these mechanisms that help you cope in other areas of your life, and it's finding a way to replicate them in this one way where it's not you've not developed them so much so whatever helps you to kind of keep on top of things in school or to help you not stress out about it or to talk yourself back what is the template that you can apply here because if it works in other areas of your life it's going to work here as well right I think I should talk to myself the way I did when I was first starting out as a teacher in the teaching program I went to, you start out with classroom learning. So you're listening to someone tell you about teaching and then you go on a practicum and they just actually say, okay, plan a lesson and teach it to this (laughs) class. And I can remember how fast my heart was racing the first time I did that. But in that case, it wasn't just, oh, do I put up a sales page on my website? It was, there are 30 teenagers sitting there (laughs) waiting for me to teach them something. So I better just do it. And so, yeah, I should come back to that as well. Just the time to just start. Yeah, because God, like that is 
so terrifying. <laughs> and you're like the same person who managed to do that and, and still does it every day. But yeah, this piddly little Instagram bio is the thing that... <laughs> I know it's it's funny the way the mind works the way my mind does that to me Mm. (laughs) I think yeah it's drawing on that teaching experience and and it's funny that you say the classroom learning because that's kind of the process you've had is that everything that you've done through teaching has been the classroom practice for now going off and doing it and there is there is no way to make that first step out easier in, like you've kind of, like you experienced with your teacher training, like with everything, there comes a point where you've just got to step off the ledge. Yeah, exactly. But also, as you've you've got a friend who's not gonna, you know, turn around and tell you you're crazy. <laughs> so it's quite a gentle step off. You know, the net is there. It's not like you don't know it's there. Yeah, it's just telling myself to take the steps forward. And I wonder if, like, for me, because I like planning and prepping so much I feel like if I put that in my bullet journal or I write that in my planner and I actually make a concrete plan then I will do it Mm. Um, it's just a matter of doing it just writing it down and setting it up and then doing it Mm. that was what I was going to ask you actually is whether something like giving yourself a deadline would be helpful yeah I definitely am a deadlines person once I mean if especially with the deadlines I set for myself it's just a matter of getting around to setting them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's like, once it's written down, that's it. I have to do it. It's real now. <laughs> Whilst it's all still in your head, it's negotiable. Yes, exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's exactly right. Once it's, if it's in my head, it doesn't really exist. If it's on paper, then it's there. Yeah. And I think you, what we've discussed is that you've, you've got the steps now. So perhaps when, when we finish talking, um, you can kind of crack out your planner and kind of put in, this is the day that I'm going to email my friend. And then from that, just work backwards into what you need. So I need to know what I'm going to write in the email. Um, in order to do that, I kind of need to know what I'm saying. So I'm going to write out my my kind of sales page so I know what I mean and, and give yourself those steps to get to that deadline and I always think the breaking down really helps. And I also find it, especially when you're right at the beginning of something, your brain goes to, this is enormous, this is huge, this is life-changing, it's so big. Whereas actually, if you just go, I've just got to write an email. Yeah. That makes it a lot easier. And you probably climb some mountains where you are. Because <laughs> it's always, when you look at the summit, it never moves. But you, if you just look at the kind of two meters in front of you, you you make your way up there and it's suddenly it's like really close so just looking at those two meters in front of you every time be like I'm gonna write this and then I'm gonna write an email and I'm gonna press send and then I'm gonna see what she says and then I'm gonna do this and you you find your way there by accident yeah exactly I don't climb mountains necessarily (laughs) but I have been running in Vancouver and there is a massive hill that I go up every time I go for a run and I have to I don't look up to the top of the hill, like you just said. I sort Mm -hmm. of look a couple meters in front of me and I mark it off by the trees that are beside the path. I'm like, okay, just to this tree. Okay, now just (laughs) to the next one. And I get there. So I I can apply that to this as well, for Mm -hmm. sure. So how how are you feeling about everything? (laughs) Yeah, I feel nervously excited for taking the next steps. And I think just having a conversation with someone else about it is motivating for me because I have like I said I have friends with small businesses but I don't think 
I know anyone who is at the same phase that I am at or anyone like, for example, a friend who's a florist, that's a really tangible thing Mm. to offer. So she, you know, learned flower arrangement and she knows exactly, she knows that her clients will be brides and grooms for weddings or calligraphy. That's a very tangible thing to do. Mm. And I don't, I don't have conversations about this with a lot of other people. I don't think with anyone, maybe my husband and he's a scientist, so he's just completely doesn't get it. Mm. (laughs) And so, yeah, it's motivating to hear someone else's feedback and to just verbalize these things to myself and to you. Yeah, I think that's huge, you know, is because we, like I said, it's in our heads for so long and we, we wrap all these stories around it. And actually just to speak to somebody who's like, treats it like it's real, and it's like okay well, what are we going to do it's like oh, oh all right then <laughs> and so actually if you are starting to contact those friends I think that even though it's not it's not a tangible thing they're, they're going to get it and I think to have more voices in your life of people who are taking this seriously is going to help to pull you along a little bit as well right yeah I agree yeah so I think we've got your next steps I think we're gonna yeah we're gonna change the Instagram bio <laughs> we're gonna change the Instagram bio write a you know write a draft sales page and just sort of break everything down contact friends who I can help with some editing and put all of that on paper with deadlines for myself mm. those are that's I think the key for sure yeah, I think those short-term deadlines are going to be really, really good for starting to crack on. Um, I, what I'd also do is, after those short-term deadlines, is start to put in ones for the future. So, you know, by this time next year, I'll have my first book editing client and then work back from there. Like, what do I need to do? Well, I actually do really want to just see somebody go through the process. So I'm going to go and shadow someone. But then what I'm going to do is start to shift my Instagram around. I'm going to put it public on my website. I'm going to start talking to more writers. I'm going to talk about the editing process more and get myself to a point where this time next year, I'm taking bookings for that part of it. Because yeah, what I also don't want you to do is get really into ticking off all the stuff for the website side of things but then still have it lingering like what I really want to do is the books but oh I'm not quite there yet and have been the same place this time next year yes for sure so concrete plans and I think I also need to be realistic about my about the time that I'll have available Mm -hmm. um so I really need to think about what my like what the whole plate of things I have to do is going to look like come September when I'm teaching and I'm studying and I'm working on this too. So making a plan is a great idea. Yeah, I think yet another reason before the end of the summer to get one kind of job under your belt because then you know the timelines of it and you can know like this is how it would factor in. I could maybe take on one a month while I'm teaching and then I could really ramp that up in the holidays. One thing I'd also do is particularly forward thinking to kind of book editing stuff is just what's one thing a month that I can do towards that okay yeah and you can tick that off quite easily it can be quite a small thing but just make sure that you're always giving yourself one thing a month that's going to get you closer to it rather than getting that enormous big freak out gonna do everything sort of so you do nothing (laughs) kind of feeling yeah I'm sometimes I have a bad tendency of making a really long to-do list because that just means that I can sleep at night. Okay, I've written these things down, but then I have this enormous to-do list the following day and always some part of it doesn't get done. It just gets moved to the next day. And then eventually some of those things just 
get deleted (laughs) well I always think with to-do lists if you can keep moving them from week to week to week they probably don't need to be done (laughs) Mm, that's Um, a good way of thinking about it unless that thing is like start the business (laughs) Um, (laughs) but if they if they keep being moved from week to week they're also probably too big so how can you break them down into something that's smaller yeah absolutely and you've just got to be honest with yourself of whether they need to, they don't need to be done or they're too big. <laughs> yeah, we're trying not to make tasks that are unnecessary. Like I've been looking at my website thinking, you know, I would kind of like to have a new, a new look on this mm. website, but that's not really necessary at this point. It's just something that would probably distract me from doing what I really want to be doing. <laughs> <laughs> that is the absolute classic symptom. Like every single time I work with them, they're like, I'm thinking of doing this to my website. I'm like, that, that is, that is a red flag. That is a, that is just you going, oh, how can I feel really busy, but not actually do anything that's going to move me forward in any sort of way? Like, here's something I can do by myself behind my computer. (laughs) That's not scary at all. Exactly. (laughs) So good catch on that front. Yeah. Good. So I think that start drawing this to close because I think we've got lots of things to be getting on with and don't want to throw even more stuff at you. So before we say goodbye, the last question I have to ask you is, of course, how do you grow a soul in your work and life? Oh my goodness. Okay. It's funny because we've talked so much about how I love to stay in the planning phase and I really love to do my research and everything like that. But really, how I grow with soul in my work and in my life is just by making sure that I'm always learning. I think of myself as a lifelong learner. So I'm always a student of something and that's not necessarily in a classroom, but just getting to know other people's stories. So when I teach my my classes as a teacher, yes, I'm teaching English or I'm teaching social studies, but I'm also learning from my students. And I find that when I meet new people or when I have a great catch up with an old friend who I've known my entire life, just staying curious about the mm-hmm. world around me, about the people and the stories around me. I love that. I think we could all do with remembering to just approach things with curiosity every day more often rather than this is going to be right this is going to be perfect Um, yes so yeah probably something for you to remember as well (laughs) (laughs) good point (laughs) fair (laughs) so Sarah where can people find you online and come and connect with you Uh, so I am mostly on Instagram at novel and kind and my website which is also novelandkind.com and I'm trying to be better with twitter which is also (laughs) at novel and kind great sarah thanks so much thank you kate if like sarah you've been struggling to get out of research mode and you really want to start actually moving forwards with your business idea then my new course base camp is quite literally made for you so the september sprint is starting really soon so if you want to be able to take the course with support and accountability from me answering your questions and doing lives and all that good stuff then head over to simpleandseason.com forward slash base camp to get your place All the links that we mentioned will be on my website in the show notes, which is simpleandseason.com forward slash podcast. And you can find me and Sarah on Instagram. I'm at simpleandseason and she's at novel and kind. As always, if you think you'd have a friend who would really benefit from listening to this episode, please do send them the link and tag me to see where you're listening to. And until next time, 
I hope you grow a soul.